1: Irreverent, entertaining, cool, you're listening to L.A. Talk Radio.
2: You're listening to All Things Therapy. Welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. I'm a licensed clinical social worker practicing as an intuitive psychotherapist. I am certified additionally in EMDR and as a Reiki Level 2 practitioner. You can find me online through my website, which is Nola therapy.com, the abbreviation for New Orleans, Los Angeles therapy. And you're welcome to reach out through email, phone or text. If you're interested in being a guest on this show or advertising, you can book sessions with me in person at my offices, which are in Los Angeles and New Orleans. I do phone Skype and FaceTime sessions with clients worldwide as well. So Today, I have a guest who's okay. really interesting. She, It's Julianne Searles. Yes. She is a marriage and family therapist, a licensed psychotherapist of over 20 years. She's also an accomplished musician, a mother- and a wife. And in 2002, she created an organization called Moo Moo Musica, whose mission is to promote world peace through music and movement and art making by building connections with people of all cultures and doing this with children, I think up to the age of four. So we're going to talk about Moo Moo Musica a little bit later in our show. Her work as a psychotherapist focused focuses upon utilizing integrative body psychotherapy. And the abbreviation is I, B, like boy, P, like Paul, integrative body psychotherapy. And it's a modality that's based on the premise that the body, mind, and spirit aren't separate, but rather integrated parts of a whole person. And every experience that we have reverberates through the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual planes and manifests internally within our bodies and then externally in relationship to others. So come on the show, Julianne, and welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you for Hello. having me. This is quite an honor. You're welcome. This is such a pleasure for me too to talk to another therapist. (laughs) Absolutely. But who utilizes really a different modality than I do? So I know myself and the listeners are really interested to learn more.
1: Well, sure. And you know, it's funny. I was in grad school up in Northern California and kept asking in As I was studying clinical psychology and spent the first three years at John F. Kennedy University, and then went on okay. to do a couple of years of internship, and I kept asking, why is it we geek- we're just being trained from the neck up? You know, it's all right. about the head and this and that. And when I was working in the corporate world before that, I kind of had an interest in learning about body-oriented therapy. So I became a massage therapist and studied, you know, cranial sacral work and lymphatic drainage and everything I could get my hands on that had anything to do with understanding the body. And this is on on top of being in the, the business world, right? And okay. then when I decided to become a therapist, I said, oh my gosh. They really focus, and uh, psychotherapy, they really focused on the head, you know, what's going on intellectually. So yeah. I kept asking the barrier and no one seemed to, um, sh- you know, t- tell me about IBP, this integrative body psychotherapy that has an institute right there, maybe five blocks from where I used to live in San Francisco. Oh my God. About 23 years ago. And I was lamenting to a woman I met at a macrobiotic seminar, and. <laughs> She said, I said, you know, I really, I feel like there's some way to become a psychotherapist and still understand much more about the body and the, bo- and the role that the body plays mm-hmm. in healing and where bo- the, our bodies hold on to so many emotional experiences. And the joys and victories and traumas and upsets, they're all in the fascia of the body. And I knew that as a body worker. And she said, yeah. it sure sounds like you need to talk to Jack Rosenberg and Beverly Catane Morse. And they're the ones who really have... Um, you know, created this foundation called, or institute called Integrative Body Psychotherapy. It was kind of a mouthful. Yeah, it is. To them and the rest is history. I just, I found home. That for me was home so that they really, it's like, it is definitely a mind, body, spirit therapy. And it's because they take in the role that the body and the spirit plays in healing and mm-hmm. holding on to trauma. It's like talk therapy plus, plus, plus. Wow. So, yeah, I know I just said a lot there, but I I, just cannot tell you how also much it meant to me that they have actually concrete tools that help clients actually kind of graduate out of needing to come to therapy because they okay. learn through body awareness and breathing. This, we have the, all these breathing techniques and mind, or I should say movement, mind movement um, exercises to get people into their bodies so they feel what's there and they start learning how they're holding on to emotional patterns that show up in sort of in their body in various ways and yeah. they start learning how to once they become aware of how they feel abandoned what does it feel like in your body so before it goes to your mind and then you're often running with making someone wrong for making you feel abandoned and all that sort of thing that we do as humans right. um, it looks it helps you understand what it is you feel in your body before you actually say anything. So that creates that space just before you start reacting and you learn how to respond. So because you can intervene belief, there. You can intervene there for yourself, right? And right. it just takes practice. It takes practice of what happens when someone cuts you off on the freeway or you're, I don't know, standing in line at the bank. And you've been in line forever, and you get to the front, and they say, oh, no, no, you're in the wrong line. You need to go over to that line. And what? you feel, hey, you know, whatever. Or you feel betrayed, or whatever upset injustice. happens. which Exactly.
2: So what happens so we in a look- session? Mm-hmm. I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm, I'm oh, no. curious about that. Well, sessions are usually someone comes
1: in, and they say what's currently upsetting them. And because if you've never done therapy, then the idea is to look at what it is that is kind of like your basic wounding. We kind of, you know, obviously getting to know you and all that. But once we get to know, when I say basic wounding, what's your thought like? when you are feeling out of balance, balance emotionally. We might be looking at the the basic wounding ideas like I'm not wanted or mm-hmm. I'm not lovable because I'm not perfect or there's no one here for me, there's no one I can trust, so on and so forth. I'm not perfect like that. And so we start hooking up all these different things of what, um, is whatever the current upset is in your life and we hook it up or kind of draw a line to where that might have happened when you were a child and what do, you know So very psych, psychodynamic right right and you're looking at really like is it really the person that you're with or your employer or your partner or somebody somebody really upset you and yes it's upsetting however you want to look at what happened a long time ago that's similar that's a parallel experience so that you really look at where you can go back
2: and heal that and so- we do that through so simple breathing. Okay. So you're identifying core core wounds initially, say that yes. go back to leaving you in your adulthood with the sense of not feeling good enough, uh, being abandoned, and such, and where those originated, kind of the source fracture wound? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And then, so tell I mean, us this
1: about really, the this, yeah. this particular model, this IBP, really integrates in, you know, object relations. And gestalt. We have a lot of gestalt techniques we use and Reikian therapy and you know, a yogic breath work, it's that kind of thing. And there's just so many things involved in this and kundalini yoga and vipassana meditation. We we, we yes. use so many different modalities. And but I think the thing is that we're really looking at concrete ways of letting you see what's in your body, like I said, and the the emotional upset and so often, yes, there's many things that make us angry in today, you know, in, in here now, right? But a right. lot of it is, if you look at one person, this acts, the same sort of thing could happen to the one person and they cannot have any upset at all. But somebody else, it really sends them off the mm-hmm. chart, out of balance. And so we're looking at, what is that thing? What happened? And so right. you haven't described that. And then you, uh, the, when we first start out, we really start teaching people how to be aware of what they feel in their body. Like like I was saying, like if someone cuts you off on the freeway, do you stop breathing? Do you hold your stomach? Do you get really, uh, you know, you, oh, there's so many different things that go on in the body. And so we start teaching you to pay attention to that. Okay. And then once you pay attention to that, maybe I'm going back over the same thing, but it's...
2: It's, it's okay. Reinforce, Yeah. <laughs> This is good. This is good.
1: It's really looking over and over and over and over, and not making yourself wrong. There's there's no blame here. There's no blame about parents, or you know grandparents, or the whole lineage. We do look at what happened to you as an infant when you were in the womb. What was happening in your family of origin, and what happened when you were coming into this family, and who are what are they like? And so we kind of try and create. Um, cohesive narrative and also right. let you know that what was there when you were born into is really not necessarily your story it's mm-hmm. the story of the people before you but we don't make anyone wrong whether it's adults you know the the parents grandparents all the way back because everyone pretty much tries to do the best they can with the right. tools that they were given mental health at, tools
2: and that they have at that time in their development Absolutely. and their age and resources etc Exactly. So you're gathering you're gathering information. It sounds like by going through these questions and uh, you know learning to tune into your body, what physiological symptoms are being experienced when one right. feels you know attacked or criticized or or such. Well so, said. That's really good. that's thank true. Thank you. Thank you. And so, you know,
0: yeah,
1: so, taking it to the next step, though, is when once you know what those things are, I mean, I think a lot of us in therapy find out what our stuff is that fragments us or that takes us out of balance. When we do the concrete tool kind of thing, it's really like um, we start teaching them to breathe in a certain way so that they build up a charge in their body and then they can talk to that part of their body, for instance. And the idea is to keep on having a conversation with your body, stay present to yourself and through the body. And it, the hardest thing to do when we fragment or get way out of balance, if someone really upsets us, it's very hard to stay centered in, in our, what we call the core self. So the mm-hmm. breath work that we do, this very simple char- high-charge breathing, and we do it through um, you know, breathing in your chest, breathing in your belly. There's various things that we do. It's like we borrow heavily from prana, pranayama, you know, pranic pranayama, breath, yeah. breathing so on and yes. so forth. But it gets people back in their bodies so they're not running off on some story in their head, mm. right? Because mm-hmm. truly, there there are many things that upset us, but what if you could get grounding again and back in your body by taking some breaths, some particular types of breath? And we help them you know clients and ourselves it starts out with yourself there's a three-year training program to this right. postgraduate, right yes because yeah. it really
2: takes a while you have to first learn this for yourself and then Absolutely. you can go and help others right which so is the most helpful learn- way, I think to work to experience it and know how it's helped you and know what those feelings are and those connections are exactly and you know I know for myself, I learned very much
1: how I'm, what we call, we have lots of different labels, but one of the things that we call is this, it's a kind of a false self. It's when we're in agency. And in agency is a thing that we talk about.
2: What does that, that
1: mean? Okay, good question. It's basically when, when as a child, you feel that you need to keep everybody happy. And mm. you're the last person who gets to be happy. So what is it you do to make someone really love you or think you're a good, you know, child or adult or employee or whatever it is or community member, whatever it is, and it and it's like a departure from self when you're trying to make them love you or make you happy, make, you're trying to, sorry, you're trying to make them happy so that they'll in turn love you, right? Right. And it's a, you get caught up in it.
0: Yeah. We all try There's
1: not a therapist alive, I think, unless they've done a tremendous amount of work on this. We all try and make people feel happy. We try yes, and fix things. It's not our job, but that's what we have learned usually as children, right? Right. And so the idea is when you go into agency, and it's a unilateral contract from you, to that other person, they don't know that, hey, if I take on this extra, super hard project for you, and I do really well, then you're really going to love me, and you're never going to yeah. leave me, you're not going to yes. abandon me, whether it's through work, or my you know, as a partner, whatever, and so we have to look at that, and where it's playing out in your life, it's a negative pattern, that is something that you learn to do as a child, and um, we all have it, in some, to some degree, in but some ultimately, way. we just, yeah. we don't want to feel abandoned, no. So that's another huge thing that we're looking at in integrative body psychotherapy. We look at, where are you? Do you feel abandoned most of the time? Or to the other end of the spectrum, do you have a lot of inundation? And how is it that you push people away or pull mm-hmm. them in, you know, like, or push-pull? You know, right. there's all those kinds of things that we do so that we don't have to feel that pain in our heart. And right. I don't know if there's, a child alive that didn't feel abandonment or inundation or somewhere in there. At some
2: point, you know? right? Because parents aren't perfect. That's, exactly, and we don't expect them to be. Like we can't be perfect either. We're just trying. Right. right.
1: Yeah. And and that's that we look at what did you take on early on as this basic wounding or as basic fault. There's a lot of different ways we talk about it, but it's what what we found is pretty much everyone has basic wounding all around the world oh yeah they haven't really done research on the most most primitive cultures but really doesn't matter what continent you go to there's everyone seems to have this feeling of i'm not good enough or i'm not perfect you know that sort of thing so that's something we would look at as well and we have all sorts of ways of getting people again to breathe and do what we call a set of exercises called sustaining integration or sustaining constancy, a constant feeling of I'm okay. I'm full of love. I am loved, you know, Mm -hmm. I can go on and on. There's, there's so many different tools. Lisa. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, so (laughs) self-talk, so breathing breath work to get, To get grounded and be present in the moment instead of running off in one's head you know with all the things that support those feelings and then wondering how to remove yourself from that pattern but so but you're trying to break i'm hearing that that cycle of going straight to one's mind and trying to think away the somatic experience that you're having in your body
1: right so we definitely work with the mind constantly we're all trained clinical psychotherapists although right. we do have allied professionals that are allowed to come into the training program as well like doctors yeah. and acting coaches and dentists and all and physical therapists um, but it's really also it's um, we're looking at really well this is where I came from as a body worker so mm-hmm. many many years ago Now it's going back 30 some years
2: and when you say a body well, worker but- can you tell us what you mean by that
1: Okay, I consider myself a body worker because I learned everything from Zen Shiatsu to lymphatic drainage, cranial sacral work, every body-oriented therapy I could possibly find in the Bay Area and Esalen. And so I really, I worked with people's bodies that were sent to me by say orthopedic surgeons who said, look, um, I've done all the work here, all, everything's fixed as far as medically, but they're still having issues and there's, there's pain in areas that are actually fixed, if you will, like, you know, back in their spine or, you know, the, right. the pin is in their, their, their arm, whatever that's holding their bones together. And they still, they're still experiencing pain. So I started realizing cause I was really focusing on trauma as a, Uh a person who works with bodies, right? And I saw that sometimes when I would work through those, in those muscle, fixed muscle, you know, patterns, and they were there, let me put it this way. If you massage around the back, and mm-hmm. there's a pattern. There's a stuckness in the back. There's a, there's a holding, and you're working through that. Sometimes people would burst into tears, or they would start saying uh-huh. that they were going back through the accident that happened. And I said, "Well, tell me more." And then I realized, "Oh my gosh, these people are really going to a deep place just by my holding their hand, working on their back, holding their head wherever their trauma was, or in it, those it's being um, released from the body. Areas. Yes, released from the body." And then I realized also, "Wow." I don't have the training to take them psychotherapeutically through this. This is a lot more than what I understand. But I really got it over and over and over how much fear, anger, sadness, everything, all emotions are held in the body. So it took me a while to actually open up to becoming a psychotherapist because I thought, well, you know, the mind is so manipulative. We can tuck ourselves in and out of things, but the body always holds the truth. Ah, uh, so that was my truth when I came to IBP, and then I really started learning how to honor the mind as well as the body. And then they also at IBP we work a lot with the transpersonal, so it's it's all it's all integrated in. And that's mm-hmm. you know it's just so many different ways of looking at healing, and they put together so many different modalities. And that's what I love about. You know, finding IBP five years after I started the whole process of becoming a psychotherapist—it just because you really could integrate a lot it. Of things together,
2: yeah, from the beginning of your work professionally in this in this area, you know, and tie exactly. in your different interests and experiences and be really helpful to clients. The clients are, and it has um, you know
1: applications for working with children. There's people that are IBP therapists that work with children that have OCD or Tourette's and that sort of thing and autism. And it's great for working for adults as, you know, individuals or couples or in group therapy, you know, parenting classes. It's really kind of because... Let me just put it this way, too. Mm I'm finding that IBP, the longer I've been doing this, it's really a lifestyle. It becomes part of your life, not just as a therapist, but it informs or influences or impacts your life and what you do as a, in my case, a wife and a mother. And certainly at Mumamuzica, it comes up there all the time. Even though I'm not being asked to be therapeutic or be a therapist, but there's. When we're teaching presence, for instance, in you know to clients, how to be more present to yourself, it also has that same sort of application at Moo Moo Musica. And Moo Moo Musica is a program I started, I think you already said this, that I started yeah. it almost 15 years ago when my I son know. is now in college. It was a little guy. He was three, almost four years old. And is I, that Jasper? So, that's Jasper. That's right. yes. yes. And I was quite bored with a lot of the classes that were available (laughs) for kids, for little ones on the west side. And I just felt like, wow, why aren't we singing in all different languages? This is the easiest time to learn language from the third trimester of your pregnancy to the age of four or five. Not that you can't learn languages later, but it's so much easier to hear the sound. Yes. Yeah. And so I also thought, wow, there's a lot of moms who aren't getting up and dancing with their child because they're exhausted. You know, they're sleep-deprived and hormonal, and so it's kind of hard to get inspired by listening to Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. It, you have to have those children's songs as well. Of course, those those are beautiful for their brain development. But I thought, wow, if I ever do this, if I ever create a music program, I'm going to make it so that moms feel like dancing. So we play samba, salsa, Zimbabwean music. You know, That's- maybe it could be, you know, Chuck Berry or, you know, you know Happy, Pharrell Williams. and But we... Hasidic or Irish, we play a lot of world music so that the children and the adults are hearing different rhythmic patterns that are present in each type of world music. Right. And that's also very exciting for everyone's brain, and it's also helping to develop the little one's brains. Very It is helping ex- to develop their brain. Absolutely. So, Mumu Musica. So it's yeah. helping with bonding and emotional attunement. You can call it limbic attunement, but for listeners who aren't like into psychobabble, all the words <laughs> <videos> we use. <laughs> you know, right. It's really you're emotionally getting connected and bonding with your child. When you stand up and you dance to music that makes you happy, you know? Um, you're you're just creating just this lovely body memory and mm-hmm. you know with your child it's so unbelievable and i just wanted to get people up and dancing and then we sit down a lot and we sing a lot of songs and so you're they're sitting in your lap or next to you and they're just everyone's you know sharing the joy of music and it's a shared human experience all over the world you know
2: so so cool. that's that's kind of why moomoo Musica got started and how it connects to the IBP the integrative body psychotherapy and for our listeners when when Julian was talking about the limbic system the limbic system is the part of the brain that regulates our emotions the limbic system regulates yeah. our fight and fight or flight responses are pleasure and pain responses. Um, memory is encoded through the limbic system. And so narrative memory is stored in pleasant experiences. You sit down and you tell a story that I went to a concert and danced and, you know, and, and traumatic memories are stored in images and flashes. And so all of this encoding happens in the limbic system. And so what you're doing with music and movement is to just encode some really pleasant memories in the child and the parent's mind, you know, what, what beautiful memories that you're making and setting up for a baseline of, um, you know, like a stable baseline in one's brain, a stable, you know, like a lot of people that live through trauma, their baseline of brain functioning is elevated, you know, they're on pins and needles, like you come behind them, touch their back and they freak out, you know, so this kind of you know, this kind of work with movement and music really helps, I think, um, subside any kind of hyper arousal, you know, in one's brain i i I agree. I think that's well very well said, Lisa. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, and if I look at just... Because it makes sense. Sorry, I just talked over you. I'm so sorry. No, it's great. I said I love psychobabble because it makes sense. You know, if you understand what's going on, it can be helpful, you know, to to calm your own self down, I think, sometimes. Exactly. Absolutely. And, you know, when I look at...
1: um, you know the sort of the good parent messages is another one of the concrete tools that we have in ibp and we're teaching clients to give themselves the parent messages that they didn't receive and to be honest none of us got all of them our parents are perfect we are not perfect as parents our children will do their best they'll probably do better than us but they won't be perfect because we're human right Mm -hmm. and yet i find myself and, well, I'll, list, I'll go back to the good parenting messages with clients is we're teaching them to find the ones that they didn't receive and we show them in therapy how to take them in for themselves. And they, it's like new mantras that they can take in. And I realized that at, if I cross over back over to Moo Musica and yeah. working with, you know, it's now been 8,000 families that have come through my program here wow. on the left side. I know. That's amazing. And I know, that's not what I intended, but I started, I just wanted to create something fun for my son and his little play group, and we started at a little place called the Cousin Cafe at the very, you know, in Venice, at the Venice Pier, and Uh that got kind of big kind of fast, so then we moved to the Electric Lodge in Venice, Performing Arts Center, and then we've been in many places, from Atwater Village to Malibu, and you know, all the way down to Redondo, all over, so
2: Beautiful!
1: Yes, and I bring in the good parenting messages there. And I don't say, okay, I'm going to therapize you know. I just weave them into class somehow. When children come, and we, we might say like, I love you. You're special to me. It's not what you do, but who you are that I love, or, mm. you know, all that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. And
1: I want you. There's just, there's many, many messages. And... um I just find there's so much crossover without having to, you know, have someone in my office. It's very different. It's not as grounding as it is if someone comes and does ongoing therapy, right? There's just one-on-one working on right. your particular issues, right? And working through yes. them. All these negative patterns that you can really, you can stop and all that. But yes. in musica, there's so many things we work on, like, you know, just being present. I...
0: We we'll, we will sing a
1: good morning song, or let's say the hello song. We go around. We're sitting in a big circle, and we sing this hello song, and you know, hello to Lisa. We're so glad to see you. You know, like that. <laughs> it's, um- That's cute. <laughs> Yeah, or we go, hello, oh, hello, oh, hello, everybody. Hello, oh, to Lisa, we're happy to see you. And so we go around and sing every single child's name. And if there's too much talking going in the room, when I say too much, I mean, people have to talk a little bit, you know, to their child or the next child over or something. But really, I'm asking for presence. If they're talking and they don't need to be and it's just too much loudness, I'm saying, hey, sorry to like you know, therapies you here, you guys, but if you could just stay really present in your own body and be present to the child in your lap and to your mm-hmm. left and to your right in your neighbor's lap and the child across the room, it's really going to be a wonderful thing, both for you and for that child or those children. So we talk about presence, right? Yes. And I think that's really important. I think it's really hard, especially in our fast-paced culture, to be really present to someone else, let alone ourselves. And that's... Right. Really, the one of the basic things we start out teaching is how to be present to yourself. In the moment, Taking, yes. In the moment. And it's really hard to stay there, but what we do at IBP is we get you into your body, being present to yourself, and then we help you learn how to expand that so that people say, oh, I don't feel as good anymore. It's been five minutes and I'm already out of it. But we you expand it from a few seconds to minutes to half a day, whatever and it's when yes. you also start recognizing when you're really out of balance how to bring yourself back to yourself so
2: i'm getting the sense what, that that integrative body therapy psychotherapy it, it's to me i'm having this vision of of like yoga for your soul for your spirit <laughs> You know, it's it's yes. a practice um, that over time, you know, in, in larger increments of time, you're able to be present to yourself as you might react. To say earlier, you gave the example of someone cutting you off in traffic. You're able to de-escalate more immediately. It's almost like breathing into um, your yes. psyche, like breathing into different parts of yourself and bringing yourself more peace. Exactly. The whole idea...
1: Glad you brought that up. The whole idea is to continually come back to your core self. Mm-hmm. No matter what's going on around you, whatever. No matter what's coming at you, because things are always coming at us, right? Things right. You think, as soon as you think you've got everything set, something happens and it hurts, or somebody's hurt, whatever. You know, someone's being sick, or in your life, or there's losses, whatever. Things, things are always coming. So it's a really it's a way of constantly coming back to core self, and actually we call it the place of I am. So it's a place that. There's myriad ways of talking about it, but I like to say it as it's where your soul resides, mm. and it's the place that no one can take away from you. It's yours and yours alone. So when you go into your I am, the world is all right, no matter what's going on. Oh, so I like it brings that. You that very peace, much. That yes. joy, yeah, yes, definitely, and yes, yoga, tai chi there's lots of different ways to come there and we that's why we integrate in yogic breathing and some movements and all that to help you get there every possible meditation just you know it there's myriad things to bring into getting you to your core self and therefore your i am and i think that's kind of what we're all yearning for right right is to feel that much beauty inside ourselves to carry that for ourselves no matter what's going on elsewhere
2: exactly so, how long might you work with clients? Is there a... Uh, just, how does that, just how a, does that work? It's a traditional, you know, 50-minute hour. You know, okay.
1: It's, okay. It's, um, I mean, when we do groups, it's two hours usually because there's a lot of people in the room, you know. And oh, cool. So, you do, people.
2: you do IBP groups as well, group therapy? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, that sounds very helpful to be able to use yes. that energy of the room and others Wow,
1: yes. And also, it's another thing I love about IBP when you're working with a couple or in a group is you begin to establish or develop compassion for other people that have similar ways of you know dealing with negative patterns or something or they have similar traumas, even if it's not exactly the same scenario, it you can you can feel compassion for them because they're all dealing with similar things. And especially, like when we work, say, with with groups, there's no crosstalk, right? You're just working individually with each one, but everyone learns in the group. And there's just what? tremendous beauty and trust that comes from that. And then when you're working in a couple, oftentimes I have a couple that comes in and I almost get this feeling like to put their hand up by their face and they're pointing toward their partner sitting next mm. to them like, Julianne, go ahead and fix him or her because <laughs> I'm okay. It's them, right? And so That's what funny. we do... and so what we do is one of the myriad things we do in couples counseling is we look at what's called the primary scenario so it's like your first scene of what happened to you when you were first coming into this family that you were were born into and we look at How was, what was your relationship like with your mother? Was she affectionate with you? Would you have other siblings? Where was your father in the mix? Where was your grandmother? Was your grandmother able to be affectionate and warm to your mother? You know, so Mm -hmm. on and so forth. You're looking at generational themes. You're looking at attitudes toward men and women. You know, are men trustworthy? Are women trustworthy? So on and so forth. And you're also looking
2: at... Issues of culture.
1: Absolutely. Yes. And you're also looking at what was it like? Were you the first child there? Were you wanted? Did they, Were they expecting to have you? Were there other siblings? Were your parents getting along? Were they married? Were they not married? How were they? Was there presence? You're looking at all these different things. And so when you do that in a couple session, the, the other partner will look at, oh, my gosh, they start realizing, oh, my gosh, I didn't know you had to deal with that as a child, as a Aww. little one. And they oh. start softening their hard stance around, hey, I you're bet. wrong, you constantly make me wrong when I, I feel wrong when you say this to me. And then you realize where their fear comes from. And that, it, that fear makes from way back when makes them be like this. And that's how they developed You know, the defenses against feeling that fear or anger or pain, right? Or feeling abandoned when they were a child or a little, little one. And same with the other partner. When you do the other partner, you say, oh my gosh, I see why I trigger you. Because you have all this that you grew up with. I didn't grow up with that. So I'm assuming you didn't, you didn't grow up with it either. But you did. You grew up with this. So I'm going to soften. I'm going to give you some more time or space or love or quietness, whatever it needs for you to... Do your fragmenting, and know that I I shouldn't take it so personally, Mm -hmm. right?
2: Mm -hmm. That's where we
1: get caught up in in couples, myself included. We take things personally until we know what our own stuff is and how we get triggered, and then we also have to know how we're triggering our partner. Because we always say at IBP, being in a relationship is like dancing in a very very small closet. You're bound to step on each other's toes. Of course. that you're even doing that and then what it is that, how it, you know, how it is that it affected them when you stepped on their toes, you know, but sometimes right. people don't even know, they don't even have the body awareness. I mean, it's like, I'm not just mean physical awareness of stepping no, on No, right, emotionally. Toes. I mean, emotional, yeah. Emotionally stepping on someone's toes. How does that happen? So, it's really... It's a it's a it's kind of an all-purpose therapy. I mean, I don't think yeah. it's for absolutely everybody, for sure. No therapy is. And I think we could spend 17 more lifetimes trying to develop this one, and it will still have room to grow. It's a very organic institute. It's always changing, always evolving. But I know for me it works so beautifully with couples and individuals. Mm-hmm. And I work with children, too, and in group. So...
2: It, yeah, it sounds very deep. Like you're really getting to the underlying um, things that that drive behaviors, drive unhappiness, dissatisfaction, the repetitive issues and problems that we might encounter in our lives. Like it's a framework to, I think, really dismantle and and dissolve those barriers. Absolutely
1: absolutely in fact um, there's a reason why it's a 3 year training program for therapists or allied professionals because the first year probably is really maybe first year and a half is really looking at your own self yeah. you know really what is it how you know we, we, you don't know something till you know it you know right. what? you know when you know it so you don't even know that you've got an issue with something or other till you realize that you've just gotten completely fragmented when someone has brought something up in class And you're having a body reaction or you shut down or you feel like running out of the room, whatever. And, you know, it's, you know, as a psychotherapist, Lisa, we never stop learning about ourselves. We're trying not to bring our own stuff into therapy, but we can't help it if we don't, if we don't know it about ourselves. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, that whole transference and all that, um, and so what we're looking at in the, ther- in the um, you know, training program is really, I would say, fully the year, first year, year and a half. You're working on each other, of course, and you're learning a lot of the different techniques of how we, you know, what, what kind of questions do you ask in primary scenario? How do you work with parenting messages? How do you work with so on and okay. so forth? But you're learning all the time about yourself, and it's through the right. body and breath work. I mean, we're, we put our therapists, our students... I was put through this with a lot of things so that you start understanding yourself at such a deep level. And then you, you know, the last, the entire three years is about learning how to use this in therapy
2: sessions, of course. Okay. But really, so much of it is trying to figure, really understand more about oneself. So Something you said earlier on when we started speaking that I'm still fixated upon because it was so powerful to me is when you said something like you know our minds can talk us in and out of different things but the body holds the truth do you remember saying something like that yes that is before I met anybody at IBP that's what I was thinking Right, yeah. and just the body. Because even yesterday, I, I had an experience unexpectedly. A text that I got that really threw me off. Like, and I felt in my body like a pang of um. You know, it started as is like a slight hurt, and then anger. Like I started to go off in my mind. Like we spoke about earlier. You know, supporting like why this person. Um, you know, like things I, I, I'm i thinking to tell this person, but I'm not because it would be as rude as, as what the text said, oh, yeah. you know? And yeah. and so I was like, okay, Lisa, what is going on? So I really had to take some time last night and just, you know, breathe and, and ask my body, like, what did this touch upon or hit upon, you know? Because it, it, it just revealed something, you know, about myself I hadn't quite thought of, you know, and, and I'm able to let it go. So I think, you know, it was, I'm, you know, grateful that, I was able to sort through it and not react, you know, in a way that would escalate exactly a situation that exactly. doesn't. Good for you. Yes. So, um, yes. but it's interesting how even, you, like you said, we're always learning about ourselves as therapists. Oh my and, gosh! And even as non-therapists, we're just interested in the growth process and personal transformation. Absolutely, absolutely. I think I think that's what attracts a lot of us healers
1: to being healers is that we are constantly striving to be the best we can possibly be to ourselves and to the to our clients and yeah you know patients and to our to the greater world to the greater community right yes so yes it's just it feels like that's what at least for me this lifetime is definitely what it feels like and so you know as a therapist i feel for me this is what resonates best for me and I've studied with a Brazilian shaman for years. I've studied okay. all kinds of spiritual modalities as well. And as far as a all encompassing thing, this is the one that speaks to me the most. Right. And and Yet I feel like with Mumu Musica, there must have been a major reason that had to come up because even though my son and all of his friends are in college, I am I still cannot get enough of the young ones because they're it's such so pure beautiful. little. It's so beautiful. They're such pure little spirits, and they get really excited and they scream and they Ugh. cut their hands and they cut hands, You know, like this. And then when they're angry, they're really angry, and it's immediate. And then they move through
2: all these different things. You know, they're and they're so so incredibly pure. They're free. Sounds like they're free to just be an emote without all the sanctions that we learn to put upon ourselves and deny and cut off how we feel to be socially acceptable or have love or, you know, other things. Exactly, and just watching them move their
1: bodies is so compelling and delightful because um, here they are. You know, some of them are like you know, nine months, well, maybe not nine months old so much, they do the head bobbing because they're you know, listening to the music and they're getting the yes. beat in their body and they're sitting on the floor, of course, but they are also, they're even getting the vibration of the music and everyone dancing around them through their diapers even. But as they start oh. standing, it's delightful and kind of hilarious and so, um, what's the word? enchanting to see how much they move and how they move their bodies and they're completely uninhibited because they don't they're not trying to be cool or anything like that they're not they don't stop themselves i mean depending like in brazil and cuba i think i've never been to cuba but i know brazil they just are so much out there with their bodies you know dancing Mm -hmm. and all they just dance and here in our culture we get a little suppressed with how we move yes. in front of other people. Well, the kids, right. it's the moo-moo classes, moo moo They just dance. They just move their bodies and it's just so delightful to see you know, they might be staring at themselves in the mirror which is healthy narcissism, right? They're saying, Whoa, yes. this narcissism. is what I look like when I'm looking in the mirror at that, you know, yes. we don't even know if that's, if they even know that that's that, that themselves or if it's just this cool person, this friend that they see in the mirror, you know. In the mirror,
0: <laughs>
2: right. And yeah. is yeah. Mumu Musica, is this children up to age four that that participate? Well, it's what are
1: it's really up to kindergartners because we go into the preschool programs and PK and kindergartners as well. So it depends on which part of the website or which time, you know, whatever we added in information or what flyers are out there. I started out with babies to five-year-olds and sometimes it says four-year-olds. So that's part of my organic process, you know, evolving process of looking at where there's an application for, you know, four-month-old babies through five-year-olds. It changes a bit with the five-year-olds, you know, of course, but there's more music in terms of um, more languages. We sing in about 30 different languages, maybe 35 languages now. Oh, Absolutely. So, you know, they'll hear twinkle, twinkle, little star in Japanese or Russian or something and Spanish for sure. And we sing in, oh, my gosh, Russian. I mean, um, you know, Mandarin and Korean and Turkish and Hebrew and Farsi and German, you know. Oh, all that, wow. You know, Swedish and, you know, it goes on and on and on. There's just so many. It's really I wanted to honor the diversity that's present here in Los Angeles. And that's so much diversity. why we sing. So much diversity. I mean Greek speakers, Hindi speakers, yeah. Like and there's so many there's Bangladeshi Urdu, there's people yes. Bangladeshi, there's so many Gujarati. There's just so many people here that speak other languages. So I just love honoring all of that. And even if we can't sing a song, if I don't know a song in a particular language that someone comes into the room with or into yes. our program with, then we have a five little duck song for instance that's in English. And at the very end, we count the five ducks. One, two, three, four, five. So if I don't speak the 113 dialects, for instance, from Nigeria, so yes. we'll have someone who's from Nigeria, we'll have them count to, for us one to five, right?
2: Oh, cool. That, so we
1: honor them by that because sometimes we can't find a song because we don't really, I don't really know that language yet. But if you come from the Czech Republic or anywhere, you, know, you speak you know, Persian, Farsi, whatever, from Iran, yes. on and on, we can probably... We can probably sing something, if not many things, in that language. So,
2: you know. And you're really bringing people together by yeah. by speaking their language. I mean, that's how we define ourselves. in, in one aspect, is by our language. Absolutely. Uh, I feel like, first of
1: all, learning a new language is just basically a new song. You're just learning new mm. sounds, and there's an, you know, through music, it's just an easy, such an easy, it is the easiest way to learn a language, is through music. And the easiest time is when they're really, really tiny, when all those, like all the sounds you hear from the third trimester of the pregnancy to about the age of five, six, seven, it goes okay. in pretty much forever into your neural patterning. It's laid down in a pattern.
2: I didn't and know that. So, Very yeah, it's, interesting. It's, it's, it's,
1: it's remarkable. What children are exposed to early on will be with them for their life. Wow. What is. So, so my how important philosophy, that time is. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's so fertile and they're so open, they're so lo- much like little sponges. So mm-hmm. if you're singing in Spanish, French, German, Hebrew, Farsi, you know, Korean, all of that, it goes in and um they just I feel like those sounds become familiar to them because they're learning the songs and then they're I hope more open-hearted, open-minded to the people that speak those sounds. See? right that's yes how i feel world peace happens at this level that's my yeah. contribution is to that get them sense. to be open-minded yes like this i remember years and years ago i was just i just this is where it really kind of hit home i was thinking probably maybe a year and a half into doing Moo musica and i was asking in the room okay what language should we sing the You know, um, good morning song in, and this little Irish girl. She's literally from Ireland, right? Yes. Had the accent and everything, and she said (laughs) Hebrew, and I said (laughs) Hebrew, and of course I meant Hebrew. And I just, I just, I was so unexpected. I didn't remember singing any Hebrew in the classes that she had come to, but somehow she picked it up in class. And her mom just went, oh, like oh, that's so cute. So we sang in Hebrew. That's there are many Hebrew speakers here, and so, you know. Um, We must have sung it at some point. And it's like even people, families who came to our music class here in, you know, Los Angeles. And, you know, it doesn't matter if they've come for a couple of months or a year and a half, whatever. And oftentimes they move to another place in the world, anywhere in, you know, America or Canada or Europe or back to Australia or wherever. And I will get these emails. And one email came back and said, my son was singing Row, Row, Row Your Boat in Russian. I don't speak Russian, Julianne. The only thing I can think of, since we moved when he was 11 months old, and he wasn't really yes. verbal, he wasn't speaking, that it all that Russian, just like you said, it goes in whether they are verbal or not. They, You don't have to wait until they're verbal to teach them a language. The sounds wow. go in, and they stay there. Now,
2: that's, that's amazing. That's what I thought, too. And I've been and saying profound. that because I... Yes, it's very profound. This opportunity for children that's provided to them through Moo Moo Musica. Yes. So, uh, so you know, you go on and then I'll ask you. Well, I was just going to say, the the main
1: thing is just the joy of sharing music. That's really what yeah. we're about. And yet you cannot help but learn languages or learn the joy of other people's sounds for the same object. You know, when we're singing the duck song and you're going to hear "patito" or mm. petit canal, right, in Spanish or French or whatever, or head and shoulders in name the language. We have so many languages. It kind of opens up their, expands
2: their world, if you will, and the, and the adults yes. sitting in the room as well. And it connects, too, which is yes. that the peace, the world peace spreading and just shifting yes. patterns in the universe. That's right. So I'd like so, to ask every guest what they'd like to leave, you know, in terms of a legacy or contribution. I feel like you've been answering that the whole <laughs> the whole time <laughs> that we've been talking. What more what, yeah. what would you like to add before we conclude today? Oh, gosh.
1: Um, I just think if everyone can find joy in their heart, mm. whether it's through, a, you know, understanding more about yourself through psychotherapy or spiritual or, you know, yogic methods, you know, whatever comes up or through music with a child or without a child. But anyway, just, I just find if people can find more joy in their heart, it will just absolutely make for a much better world, more peaceful world.
2: Yes. And how can listeners reach you, Julianne, for sessions, um, you know, Moo Moo Musica, what, what inf- contact information can you give out now? Okay, so my
1: phone number, At my psychotherapy office, it's my voicemail, is 310 289 5645. I'm at the Oasis Healing Center, which is in Mar Vista, California. And it's, should I give the address as well? Sure. Okay, it's 12114 Venice Boulevard. 12114 Venice Boulevard Los Angeles California so basically we're on the west side on Venice Boulevard in the closest large uh, main street is Centinella but we're actually between Grandview and Inglewood and there's about 23 of us practitioners there like you Lisa
2: I know. Yes. I know. We share. With, Julianne and I work at Oasis Healing Center. Their website is oasishealingcenter.com. And this show will be on Google Play, on iTunes, on YouTube, along with contact information for you, for Julianne Searles. Um, I have mumumusica.com yes. down. Yes. And um, and I will send you this show later on that you can use for your materials to. To promote and such the work that you've been doing. Oh, oh thank you very much. And I no, um, appreciate too. that. And I want to say th- one thing you, people please. wonder how to
1: spell Moo Moo Musica. It's like yeah. the cow says in American English M O O
2: M O O M U S I C A.com. It's an adorable website. <laughs> thank you. You're thank welcome. You. Well, it's been such an And honor Lisa, to thank have you, you again.
1: So, oh, sorry, I just talked right over you.
2: Sorry. It's okay. We have a lot of, of praise to give each other. I'm so honored to have you on. You've so much to offer people.
1: Thank you. And I'm deeply honored to be have, have been invited to do this. So thank you, thank you, thank you. You're you adorable. So,
2: thank you. You're so welcome. And I'll see you soon.
1: <laughs> Sounds great. All righty. Okay. Thank you.
2: You're welcome. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. That concludes today's show with Julianne Searles of MoomooMusica.com. Join me next week as I bring you another show. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Bye-bye. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir.